0: Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender-neutral terms.
1: Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Realize that you can watch all of the shit that's out there. Don't let either company trick you into thinking it's a us-versus-them thing. Just enjoy the wrestling. Whether it's WWE or AEW or NXT, you guys don't have to choose. You can f- watch it all. That's rad. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. Come you made me, though! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. What are you talking about? <laughs> welcome to H I C you know what that's the intro. Welcome to H I C Talk Radio. We finally got a full out. Greg is here, Derek is here, I am here. And welcome everybody. Uh so I I just wanna say what? Edge, the Archer of Infamy, and uh um, Rhea Ripley is the bad ass baddest ass looking group I've seen in a long time, and I know Craig hates this. Oh. I have a feeling Craig hates this because he's because at the same time, why is Damien priest now to the left of the edge and not kicking him in the face winning the world trying to win the world title? but at the same time, one of the cool that's why I put it in the advertising page. One of the coolest images I saw was three of them standing in the blue light. On the show, and I was mm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy this this time. It, it ain't no NWO, it's not no hurt business, but I mm. like these three together. And and tonight, well, not tonight, but the other night when Damien Priest said, I said, rise up, and people stood up, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, Craig, you first. <laughs> I like this group. I know, I, I know we talked about it before, but. I'm liking this group.
2: If this group uh, called Judgment Day, by the way.
1: Judgment Day. Thank you.
2: Yeah. um, If they're the the group that's going to be, um, if this is the group that gets Rhea Ripley, the women's championship, then I'm all for it. Um, I don't know why she had to turn heel for her to get a spotlight or get uh, this type of push. Um, same thing with, uh, with, uh, Damien Priest, I thought he was well on his way to being in a, at least a, a secondary, uh, main event status, cause he's got everything, uh, but turned him heel on Finn Balor of all people. Uh, two guys that need wins that don't need to be fighting each other. They needed to, you know, yeah. to be beating yeah. other people so they can get higher up, um, yeah. Be, you have to remind folks that finn balor was the first universal champion and had it not been for a careless seth rollins he i think he would have had a longer um uh push or career as longer reign as champion and he's never held it he's never held it again but you can tell by the crowd how much they they love him and the same thing with priest I, i'm always going to have a problem with um as much as I love edge and edge is one of my top, if we're talking superstars, edge is in my top 10 WWE superstars, not wrestlers, but WWE superstars of all time. But, um, I said goodbye to edge. So every time I see him back in the ring, wrestling somebody or in a, the backlash, um, I just have to say why as much as I love them. Um, I, this is a part of wrestling that I hate when guys, I can't seem to go away, but Edge can talk, Edge always could talk. And if Edge can get these guys, Damien and Rhea, into main event level stuff, and you know how much Vince loves groups and loves putting Mm -hmm. people together. Um, Even when they're successful, you know, he might change his mind. The Hurt Business, I thought, could have been what the bloodline is now, but they weren't. So if if Judgment Day can be what uh, the bloodline is, I'm more than happy as long as Rhea Ripley gets a push because she needed to do something. I don't know why they were sticking her with stupid tag team partner after stupid tag team partner when this is your your star of the future. This is your female. She could be your female rock, not even just in WWE, but like in movies, TV. She has everything. She needs to be a star. So if if Edge, if this makes her something and she... And when they eventually turn on edge and make their even bigger face, I'm all for it, but you gotta start somewhere.
0: I, I like it, but like the kid of me, I love groups that look like they belong together. Yeah. Uh, these three look like they belong together, mm-hmm. um, the bloodline look like they belong together. They're cousins, obviously the herd business, et cetera. I have a problem when they group people together and you can tell they just threw all these people together. Like, you know, not to, you know, I, I, I like Matt Hardy, but when Matt Hardy was on AEW with Private Party and the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny, it's like, why are you guys, like, why are you guys friends? It doesn't make any sense. Or even where, when I
2: was in,
0: in the nation. Yes, and he just wore sunglasses. It was like, okay, I guess he's one of us now. But um, to piggyback on what you said about Rhea, I, I like Rhea. Um, I think she could be a major star for them. I think if you want to phase out the four horsewomen and kind of build new stars, I think nobody better than Bianca and Rhea to be one in 1A. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, hopefully, if you're looking for a big-time woman match at SummerSlam, which is like their big stadium show, Rhea and Bianca writes itself. You just build Rhea up, and you can put the title on her there at SummerSlam, and you could have the rematch at Mania. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Like you said, Edge is one of my favorites too. Um, Even though I've always been more of a Christian guy, because Christian was kind of more of the entertainer. You could give him anything. He could make it work. But like you said, Edge can talk. And if him talking in this group gets them more attention, which it will, because Vince loves Edge, and now they're standing next to Edge. So this helps Damian Priest, who I think has all the tools. Like I think he's, He's everything Vince wanted Kevin Nash to be when he was Diesel, and, and he can wrestle. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for it too. I just hope that they don't mess it up. But if this can push Rhea and Damian Priest to the next level, I'm I'm all for it. And if it can help Finn and
2: AJ kind of get up there as you know the group fighting against them, then I'm I'm for that too. Even if it gets Finn and AJ to uh, reunite the Bullet Club, yeah, I think uh, yeah. that. Anything that's different, um,
0: anything that's new and fresh on WWE television, I'm, I'm all for it. I'll give it a chance. I
1: agree. So I don't understand why. I, I agree with you. I don't understand why they couldn't push her without the the heel thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I I don't like. We talk all the time, and I try not to harp on, you know, saying the bookers are crap and, and, and well, the bookers and the writers are crap and any of that mm-hmm. stuff. But it, how can you ignore such an oversight of somebody that is so good and set, without being a big star, is such a big star right now and can mm-hmm. be and mm-hmm. is unable to for no fault of her own? Yeah. I, like, how can you not I thought the idea of a writer was to be creative. Yes. And I understand there's writer's blocks sometimes, but Jesus Christ. How do you how do you fuck that up? I don't get
0: it. I mean, if you go back to the, the mania right when you know COVID hit bad, her and Charlotte had an yeah. amazing match in an empty warehouse. I, I don't know how you look at that performance she had in that match against Charlotte for Mania and just say to yourself I don't know what to do with her and mess her up for two years after that. I don't get it.
1: I
2: don't get it I mean, either.
1: It's the same thing with uh, Damien Priest. As much as I do like this group. That being said, you all heard the reaction. And, uh, and we've talked about the Bad Bunny appearance, Craig and I. When, let's not harp on that. That aside, the reactions they got together. Mm-hmm. The reaction he got when he won the time. Reactions that he's got coming from just starting on Raw to being the U.S. champion. And at the same time, Brock Lesnar's not in the title picture 100%. You can't give the guy the rub? Yeah. How? How do you look at any of that and go, eh, well, he's not. Vince, what are you looking at, sir? I don't I don't get it, especially
0: at a time where there's nobody believable except maybe Cody Rhodes now. Who could you could put in a match with Roman and people would buy that they have a chance because you built Roman to be this monster. Damian Priest was the perfect guy to build up to put in a match with Roman. The perfect guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and they blew it. Well, so far, but um, having again this helps having the one world champion because now you have. Everyone has to one, one belt to go for instead of a uh, Raw or SmackDown. It's just one guy. So whoever gets a shot at Roman, which right now looks to be Drew, um, the, the person after that has got to be a major. And if they're building towards Cody for Mania, you know, good for them. But they're doing it the right way so far, keeping mm-hmm. them as far apart as possible. And who knows if Cody will still have this level of popularity, um, uh, SummerSlam. Um, but for right now, they're 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 doing it right. Um, I think they're running out of people to. It it amazes me how they're the biggest wrestling company in the world, yet I still see the same matches week yeah. after time after yeah. time over and over and over again. Didn't Cody beat Seth at WrestleMania? So why are they wrestling again? Didn't RK R- R- Bro and the Usos, or how many times have we seen this already? And same thing with Damian and uh, Finn Balor, mm-hmm. AJ and Edge, yeah. or RK or R- 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 Bro and the Street Profits. Oh, I'm so sick of that. Have I'm the- so sick of that how deep is this roster that uh, we have to it's like watching a, a territory show with eight guys on the card so they have to the two singles guys and then we'll team them up in a tag team and then fight each other and then we'll have a battle royal with everyone in it and <sighs> it reminds
0: get... me of uh, it reminds me of uh, early w c w and they would have uh was it Battle bowl yeah where the tag team that was made was always the two guys feuding with each other. They always ended up on the same team together. They always ended up hating each other by the end of it. That's the way it seems. And like you said, I, I enjoy Montez Ford as much as the next guy. I think he has charisma for days. I don't have to see him wrestling Randy Orton every week. Um, I love Alpha Academy. I think Chad Gable was one of the most underutilized guys that they have. I don't need to see him wrestling RK Bro in the Street Profits every week. Like you said, they have all this. They have guys in the back like Apollo Cruz who are doing nothing. You know, they have a guy in Donovan Dijakovic who who they call T-Bar now, who's a big man that can do everything you want in the world, and he doesn't make it on any of the shows. Um, And. I don't want to... Be, I, everybody goes online and they bash Vince McMahon and he's out of touch and he's old and blah, blah, blah. But when you see stuff like this... He's he, out of touch and of he's old, hard. Derek. <laughs> he is. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's very apparent.
2: Yeah, and, and you had a WrestleMania. Well, that's when you blow off your feud or that's when you have your big match and you have your guys go over decisively. So why are they wrestling again on Backlash? What was yeah. it? What is there to prove? Why, why do I need another Bobby Lashley almost match yeah again, and what are you doing with that guy when you have someone like like an almost with that who's that big who I, is a, could who's a Kevin Nash without the talent um, yeah. <laughs> yeah but what you can't think of anything better to do with that guy than just uh, yeah i've I've thrown my hands up.
1: I really, I. First of all, I didn't even know backlash was on until I started seeing the hashtag, and I'm like, "Well, I'm watching the Sixers, so I'm not putting that on." Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I watched the right thing. Trust me. Although I heard it was an okay show, but again, I had no idea it was on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Derek, any uh, Derek and Craig, anything else from today's wrestling you want to talk about? Anything you want to bring up, sir? Um,
2: did anyone happen to see um, CM Punk and his uh, appearance on no. the show Mayans? Yes, I did. What did you think there? I mean, when they opened the door, I was like, "Holy, that looks like CM Punk. It, it's it? funny. I was watching with my wife, and I have this thing where I call CM Punk
0: Phil Brooks because it pisses my brother off. <laughs> so, so you opened the door and I was like, "Oh snap! It's Phil Brooks." And my wife looks at me like, "Who?" And I was like, "CM Punk." And she's like, "Oh, the wrestler." It was cool. Um, I'm a big fan of wrestlers finding things to do outside of wrestling. Yes, only because they want to spend the rest of their lives trying to wrestle, you know, to make right. you know need to an end. So I, I, I was cool. I, I um good for him. I know he's done a lot of smaller. Budget, yeah, smaller budget movies and stuff. So to see him in in Mayans, is like, oh, good. Maybe the, I hope this leads to bigger and better things for him. Like I said, I love when I see guys like Batista and, and Cena and all these guys branch out and get
2: other things. So I hope I hope he gets, it leads to more stuff for him. I heard he's going to be like a regular for this season. So hopefully that works yeah, out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and Mayans comes on tonight as we're taping this on the Tuesday night. Mayans uh, Tuesday nights at ten o'clock on FX, folks. If you're Phil Brooks fans, you could see him in a recurring role. But yeah, it was a, it was it was good to see. One uh, of some... not
1: watched one episode of it. Sorry, boy.
2: That's okay. Um, and if you I, again, only the Mayans fans knew this. Only fans that were uh, fans of Mayans or who were in previous fans of Sons of Anarchy would uh, know about uh, his his appearance um, on NXT tonight. They're showing a um, after NXT the series uh, Evil WWE Evil. Have you heard of this, Dan? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh the heel the heel documentary
2: yes which they're grasping at narrated by John Cena doing something else outside of wrestling but um they're showing the heel sides of um certain wrestlers and they're grasping at straws with uh, these um these documentaries on the evil of WWE because the people they've chosen um they're just some I can see and some I don't. the whole thing is, is available on Peacock, the whole series and there, um, tonight is the Miz. Hmm. Well, which was good. Uh, but they, other people that have shown in evil Roman Reigns who spent a majority of his career, not evil. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Ric Flair, who is, is one of the greatest heels of all time. Um, But even his documentary was um, kind of, they they left a lot of stuff out as far as the the evil, the heel parts. Uh, Hulk Hogan, because when you think of evil, you think of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the latest one was probably the most egregious uh, Stephanie McMahon. Oh. Never wrestled. Oh, no. Yeah, and she's a heel. They're calling her as one of the greatest heels in uh, in WWE history. Someone who's never, mm-hmm. she never wrestled in a regular basis, never even been on a house show. And, and they were talking about her, her career. She was an intern, and then she went from there as an intern to being uh, tied to the Undertaker's Cross to being head of creative in, <laughs> Less than two years, just like that. Her only qualifications being that she was an intern and Undertaker Titles her across. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she was Cosby'd and married Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> and how that qualifies her to be head of creative. But it was because of her uh, that uh, when she was head of creative, that the WWE started hiring television writers. So when you say writers, Dan, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's who we have to thank. Wrestling has yeah. never had writers before, but now we have <clears throat> to think. So if that makes her evil um, for what she's done to professional wrestling, that's fine. But let's also understand she's not a heel. She's mm-hmm. someone who if she hadn't been the boss's daughter would never <clears throat> have had that job in the first place. No woman would have that job. No, Not in the WWE. F. There's I saw that, and I thought, you know, when
0: I saw the evil thing, I thought there's so much potential where you, you could you could run something on. Even if you want to take, you know, the old time hills, like imagine an episode on Kevin Sullivan, like yeah. that'd be amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, or if you um, want to stay in the WWF, why not a Freddie Blassie, who so, was yeah an incredible heel before he even became a manager, a heel manager. Yeah,
0: there's there's so many other stories. I, I saw I saw they had been one on Hogan. I was like, well, that's that's interesting. And I mean, it, you got Okay, I was going you got a guy. Even if you just want to do, you know, if, there's Paul Heyman, there's Bobby Heenan. You could do managers, Jim Cornette. There's so many other things. Stephanie McMahon. Why?
2: I <laughs> and, why? would you? And and the show, clear? the show itself, Derek. When I said self-serving or spoon-fed, they're mm-hmm. like Hogan's. Like he was the biggest star in wrestling, the most popular wrestler possibly of during a time of all time, and. Uh, so he saved wrestling in that respect when he when the Hulkamania started, and uh, then when the bloom went off the rose, he decided to turn heel, and started the 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 second revolution of wrestling. So in the documentary, Holden saved wrestling twice because wrestling was just in the worst shape it had ever been in until mm-hmm. Leg Drop Macho Man and started the NWO and wrestling became. Huge again, never mind the attitude error that was going on. Yeah, with yeah WWE right. so in the document, the evil documentary with Hogan made it seem like he saved wrestling twice, and <laughs> it was his idea to turn uh keel. Uh, when in, in actuality, if you listen to uh to Kevin yeah. actually tell the truth, it was like Hogan saw the amount of heat we were getting mm-hmm. when. Paul and Nash came in, and Hogan said, I want to be part of that.
0: Yeah, sounds like Hogan. I I get into this argument all the time with one of my uncles because my uncle thinks, and most people do, they think that the Hogan Hill turn is the greatest Hill turn in wrestling history. I, I hear that a lot. Me personally, I think the greatest Hill turn is when Bret Hart became anti American, and it only lasted six months. Yeah. But but when a guy's so hot as a hill that you can have a show in America one day, one day at night, and then next week you're in Canada and he's in Hero, and you're just jumping back and forth every week. To me, that was him and and the evil Mr. McMahon are probably two of the greatest hill turns in professional wrestling. But I won't argue with the Hogan thing because it led to the NWO and blah 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 blah. But I, I always feel like the I always feel like that Brett Canadian thing is, and and. Some people might not like this. The things Brett were saying about America
2: were yeah. a thousand percent true and they're true today too. So Well, that's why we didn't that's why Americans didn't want to hear it. That's why they booed him. I thought that was one of the most uh intelligent heel angles as it were to keep him heel in America but a face yeah. in Canada. That was yeah. that and that hasn't been done before that hasn't been done before or since. So yeah, yeah Brett Hills term was very, very revolutionary. What are you gonna say, Dan?
1: No, I just kept thinking about in fact if you were gonna give the United States an enema, you'd stick the host right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of things that were true. Yeah.
2: It, and then yeah. that really gave Brett some freedom that he never had before. Um yeah. that uh he, his interviews always have always been one way, but you know, when he's actually pointedly attacking hometowns. That was uh, that was great, great Bret Hart material.
1: I don't remember who brought... I'm sorry, Craig. I was
2: going to say that could be a topic for another show. Um, Best heel turns of all time. Mm-hmm. Best face turns. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I was I'm just going to bring the, up that
1: some people... Some people... I forgot who pointed out on this show. It might have been you, Craig. That... Uh, Brett might have actually been like everybody talks about McMahon and Austin as the catalyst for the Attitude Era, but people point to that uh, promo inside of that steel cage being built on Raw against McMahon oh, yeah. when Brett yeah. this is bullshit. He just starts freaking yeah. out and kind he of work shooting him. on it. Yeah, yeah, pushed him down. One would he argue, yeah, one would argue uh, that that might have been the beginning of the Attitude. Well, that was kind of like that was
2: the curtain being pulled back on events like being the boss too. Like that was kind of like the beginning of all that too. Well, the, the Montreal—if there had been a Montreal screw job, there would not have been a Mr. McMahon. No. That's, yeah. That created the Mr. McMahon character, who, in my opinion, is the greatest heel in WWE history, way yeah, more than yeah. definitely Yeah, correct. Oh. An, and McMahon made house shows. McMahon show went on the road. McMahon was not was uh wasn't just a, a one. It wasn't just on Raw and SmackDown. Mister McMahon, Mr. McMahon uh, went on the road with it, and uh, took it to uh, whole new levels. Yes. one of the greatest hill promos ever is when he tells the crowd,
1: "Life sucks, and then you die." Life <laughs> sucks, honesty. and then you die. This yeah. guy, he's nuts. One uh, I forget him wrestling God. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> if there is a guy, uh, he going to hell. Is old Man. Uh,
2: it must be nice to have all that money. So, uh, the WWE Evil, uh, another episode airs tonight after NXT on Tuesday night. But the whole series is on Peacock. If oh, can't you want make to it? miss it. You just pick and choose. And one of the other things about the show Evil, and, and I have to just because it it makes no sense. Most uh, most of the Evil. Topics make no sense, but for every show for some reason, talking about uh not talking about the the subject of the of the show specifically, but on every episode is dr Phil what <laughs> dr. Phil is on every episode of evil, talking about the personality types or why my my question exactly Dan. I'm watching. I'm watching Rick Flair, evil, and there's Dr. Phil. I'm watching. Hulk Did Hulk. you
1: know that I was such a huge wrestling fan that I got on this TV <laughs> show? Nobody else could have spoken on the situation other than me. Yeah, because we're talking great. about heels and professional wrestling. Oh, quick, get Dr. Phil. Listen, Dr. I Phil? really like Oprah as a person, but fuck you for Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dr.
2: Phil and Rachel Ray. But, um,
1: yeah, and the, for Rachel Ray, that that's two fuck yous. Oh, and and oh, three, Dr. Oz. That's her, that was oh, her. fuck oh, you. ok. now, what oh. I want you to do is take this ginger root. I want you to shove it up your ass, and that'll be the cure for the zits on your face. Just shove it right up your ass. Dr. The, Oz. The,
2: the only thing that gets is more incredulous than that is now that we're we were doing these shows on Tuesday night, I get to miss Young rock because, the way that show bends time and space and reality to make this the most, I don't know, folks, uh, listeners and viewers of HIAC Talk Radio, if you watch Young Rock, and it—it's if you watch it, great, I watch it. I watch it just to see how far they go, trying to stretch, they'll take a little, a grain of salt of truth and just build this entire fortress of salt around it to make it seem like this is what really happened. (laughs) Um, I cannot stress this enough. True. Rocky Johnson's grandmother had um, a wrestling organization in Hawaii called Polynesian Pro Wrestling, where Rocky's dad, Rocky Johnson, spent a great deal of time mostly because he was married to Peter Maivia's daughter, his mom. Um, so every once in a while, on our way back from Japan, a big star might drop by, like Andre. Again, every once in a while, that was it. Who didn't stop by or wrestle regularly in Hawaii as Young Rock would have you believe was the Iron Sheik, Randy Savage, Sergeant Slaughter, Junkyard Dog miss elizabeth? elizabeth none of them ever were in the same place at the same time in hawaii you uh i said young rock and there's rock's mom feeding lunch to andre the iron chic junkyard dog the samoans no never and tonight's episode at aloha stadium in hawaii this huge wrestling uh, event that they're having. And Andre just heard, got a call from Vince, that they want him to be in this big pay-per-view called WrestleMania. So this would have been the first WrestleMania in 1985. But at this Aloha Stadium show, there's Andre, but and there are also the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov who were in the first WrestleMania in 1985. There's Randy Savage. There's Jake the Snake Roberts putting the snake on Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> And the main event was a steel cage match between George the Animal Steel and Roddy Piper versus Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. Oh, that I had that. <laughs> watching this it's like this. People are watching this and believing that this really happened in Rocky's life. And I,
0: I like the one. The last one I saw was the one where he was he wanted to be trained. And there's a young Roman Reigns who looks like he might be five. Yeah. And he wants to wrestle a match with Rock and Rock's like, maybe I'll wrestle you one day at WrestleMania. And I'm like, why is Roman Reigns like five years old? Isn't like he's he's not that much older than me. I'm pretty sure he was older than that, but
2: like you yeah. said, they try to stretch the truth. Yeah, and you like the fact that he he grabbed Rocky in a headlock and he said, Stop playing Roman and he goes,
1: Acknowledge me Acknowledge me. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, like a five year old. I am know. never ever going to watch any of the f- Television shows we've mentioned on the show tonight.
2: No young rock. <laughs> no. rock. Not even the Bam Bam Bigelow uh, stuff when he was uh Now when the young rock when he's in Tennessee being driven around by downtown Bruno, which was true, but and he's uh, with Crusher Yurkov, which was Bam Bam Bigelow's character in Texas, not in Memphis. Um, that was fun, and he, we just last week was his first match on the WWE, and you got to see Michael Hayes, and Pat Patterson, and the Brooklyn Brawler that gave him a, um, a ride, and so Rock is backstage at his first WWF match ever, so like they, they made him seem like he never wrestled anywhere, they, he because he's Rock's son, they're just going to bring him in for a match, and so he's sitting in the locker room, and there's Triple H, there's Mankind. There's Stone Cold Steve Austin, played by Luke Hawks, one of my favorite yeah. wrestlers, and he was a good guy. And okay. you know played Steve? You played the Brooklyn Brawler who picked up Rock from the airport and drove him to the, the, the arena and was going to be his opponent? Colt Cabana. Was, <laughs> was <some laughs> brawler. But all these guys were backstage, and The Undertaker walks in. It's like, so every, all, every single one of these people that Rock with, they're all back, all in the locker room. He has Triple H and his whole in you know, the Hunter hearst Helmsley gimmick at Ascot and and there's young Steve Austin with hair. He was the ringmaster. And I will him. never watch this show.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, my God. Never. God. Yeah, because they're gonna think, oh well, I love Dwayne Johnson, so I gotta see how we get started. Oh my god, I know that wrestler. I know that. Well, they were all together at the same time. Look at that. Yeah. And the guy they got to play George Steele's, like they dipped him in a bat of pubic hair because they just like they oh. did, like added Merkins all over his body to make oh. him hairy.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: So, yes. So, uh, yeah. The TV version of HIAC, the TV review of HIAC Talk Radio. Craig, please take us to back to the past. Yeah, I can't stay in the present any longer. <laughs> Dan, Derek, Derek, Dan, you two old man names. I need to go back. <laughs> when names like that were revered for young men yes. So back before wrestling had writers when they actually had bookers when you actually showed up in the arena and as a wrestler you were told what the finish was you mm-hmm. were the script you or you worked it out in the ring back when wrestling was big in all 50 states back when one promotion could have three shows going on at the same time in three different parts of the country. And they would all sell out because wrestling was that big. And this is the beginnings of cable TV where you can see wrestling 12 different territories. You can watch 12 hours of wrestling on one Saturday. It was glorious. I'm taking you back to when wrestling was glorious, back when it wasn't sports entertainment. This is The Wrestling Historian. We're going to go back to a couple of important dates that happened in this week in wrestling history. May 6th, for whatever reason, always sticks out to me um, because it was a, a May 6 1984 was a big year in wrestling. It was a big day in wrestling. Wrestling was probably at its zenith. We're, we're four months into uh, Hulkamania, the first three months of Hulk Hogan's reign as the uh, his first reign as World Wrestling Federation champion. So, rest and cable TV had just started to pop nationwide. Ratings were for all TV shows were through the roof. And on May 6, 1984, uh, Jim Crockett ran three different shows on the same day in Savannah, in Asheville, North Carolina, and in Charlotte. And they were all sold out. Um, and it also on that same day in Atlanta, the national tag team championship changed hands on May 6, 1984, where King Kong Bundy and Mass Superstar defeated the Road Warriors for the national tag team championship. Now, uh-huh. Bundy and Superstar were a makeshift team um, because the Road Warriors have been going through as national tag team champions every single Team you could think of that were thrown together. Their teams lining up around the block to challenge the Road Warriors. Because the Road Warriors had gotten so big by 84, they're wrestling in the AWA and in every NWA territory, even though they were the national tag team champions based in Georgia. They'd wrestled in Florida. They'd wrestled in Memphis against Lawler and, and the Austin Idol. Uh, they'd wrestled in, in Kansas City. And in Georgia, they were throwing tag teams at him left and right. The Briscoes, the Funks, they teamed up uh, Jimmy Valiant with King Kong Bundy. They teamed up um, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer, who hated each other, to go against the Road Warriors. Um, everyone they could think of. So they, Mass Superstar and King Kong Bundy, finally beat the Road Warriors for the National Tag Team Championship. And that was Domino number one because the the Road Warriors had lost the National Tag Team Championship, and on that same day in Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of um, Ken Kennedy, uh, Baron Brown, Rashke, and Crusher, who had been mainstays in the AWA since the late sixties, they defeated the Sheiks. Ken Patera, and Crusher Blackwell for the AWA Tag Team Championship. So I say that because Crusher and and Baron Von Rasky would be the AWA Tag Team, won the AWA Tag Team Championship the same day that the Road Warriors lost the National Tag Team Championship. And in four months, the Road Warriors would become the AWA Tag Team Champions beating Crusher and Baron Von Rasky. They had to take the National Tag Team belt off the Road Warriors so they can go to the AWA, decide to make the kind of money that they weren't getting in the NWA, even though they were the most popular and tag team at the time. And, and as we know now, the most popular tag team, tag team of all time. But uh, the AWA came a call in and the World Warriors said yes. Yeah. So in order to get out of their deal in, Memphis, in, in Georgia, they had to lose a national tag team championship. So both of those things took place on May 6th. And if that wasn't enough, and by God, don't you think it ought to be, Well, all that was happening in the AWA and the NWA, where was the NWA champion on that day, May 6th, 1984? I'll tell you where. He was in Texas Stadium in front of a then-record crowd, 45,711 folks for the David Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions. The first one. And Kerry Von Erich would fulfill his brother's dream of becoming <laughs> the NWA champion by defeating Ric Flair <laughs> in Texas Stadium with uh,
1: a backslide. I the way you put that, it's just funny. What you know? What it's been? What? It's it's been forty years. It's funny. Uh, the way you said that, like, he fulfilled his brother's dream. I'm like. Boy, if that doesn't encapsulate the Von Erich story, <laughs> I don't know what
0: you are on uh, a roll tonight, man. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, sorry. Well, you know, as we know the story is, we now know the story. Uh, David Von Erich was set up. This was the uh, supposed to be David Von Erich's match at uh, Texas Stadium. Now, Chris had run Texas Stadium shows before. With various degrees of success, but it was always their once a year show that they would have for blow off a feud. It was there; it was World Class's uh, version of WrestleMania. Well, on the Christmas Day previous, because Christmas Day was reserved for when the NWA champion would come to Dallas. Uh, traditionally, and Ric Flair would spend all his, his Thanksgiving in um, at in Charlotte for Starcade, and then Christmas he'd spend it in Dallas. And this, pre- and every year on Christmas, you remember Christmas 1982, Flair versus Kerry, when the Freebirds turned on him, one of the greatest heel turns in wrestling history. That's on my list. We got to do that happened. next week, by the way. Yeah. Top heel turns. Um, so every year, NWA champion would come back to the reunion arena in Dallas. Well, that previous Christmas, 1983, um, David Von Erich uh, had pinned Ric Flair in a tag team match. Michael Hayes had lost a lose leave town match, so he couldn't defend his version, his third of the six man tag team championship against the Von Erichs, Kevin, David, and Kerry. So Ric Flair took Michael Hayes' place in that match, and David Von Erich pinned Ric Flair. And Flair, not to be outdone, because he still had to wrestle that night in the main event that night was against David Von Erich. And Flair came in with the NWA belt and his robe half off and said, because he had already wrestled previous, this match should be a non-title match because it says in my contract, if I have to wrestle more than once a day, then that any title title match I have will be a non-title match. And David Von Erich said, okay. So in a non-title match that was built a title match before, and David Von Erich pinned Rick Flair, So he pinned him twice on the same night setting up the Parade of Champions at Texas Stadium May of 1984. And as we now know, uh, David died in February of 1984, uh, 25 years old, uh, still one of the biggest shocks of any person, celebrity or otherwise, when that happened. And then I found that out on WWF television. Vince McMahon broke the news to me that yeah. David mm. Von died because this was took all of wrestling by storm. Yeah. In the AWA, uh, Gene Okerlund announced it on the AWA television that David Von Erich had died. I, uh, I have a question about that because yes, now I've
0: gone back and watched old WCCW shows, but mm-hmm. my introduction to their story was uh, what's the DVD WWE produced the, the tragedy and triumph of. Well, WCCW, I, yeah, which was one of the best slash most depressing DVDs I've ever seen in my life. I but I, I was always under the impression that Kerry was the guy because he had the look. But as I've gotten older and I've watched some of the things,
2: it seems like David was going to be the star, right? Like He was the one in the family, right? David was had the best head for wrestling. David was yeah. the, the best worker. David was 6'9 and an incredible mm-hmm. athlete. And he was a guy that the NWA liked. Um, I, I mentioned yeah. on, this, on this podcast many times, every year the NWA uh, would have their yearly, their annual meeting to discuss who mm-hmm. would be you know, a possible NWA, future NWA champion. They wanted to go younger. And yeah. so on the short list was uh, Ric Flair, Ted DiBiase, and David Von Erich. Mm. Uh, so because uh, Harley, Harley loved them. Uh, they had yeah. gone a couple of Broadway shows in Texas. And, uh, and Flair, like, always liked working with them because they, they started together. You know, they were yeah. the same age. Uh, but, yeah, but Kevin was the best athlete. Uh, Kerry had, obviously, the body, the look, and the charisma. And this is the 80s. He looked like he belonged on MTV. So yeah. he had everything, and he had everything else. But David had the head for business. That's why David, early in his career, they sent him to Florida to be a heel. Um, and to work with Dory Funk Jr., who's an old fan of Devon and they're both from Texas. So when David went to Florida to be a heel, uh, and he, he worked great. The heel promos, he went up against Dusty Rhodes, Mr. Wrestling 2, all the faces. So that was in preparation for when he's the NWA champion. In certain territories, you're going to be a heel, certain territories, yeah. are going to be a face. Something that Flair could do effortlessly, but David, who had always been a face everywhere, and only in Texas, you know, they sent him to, to Florida to get, you know, some experience. And it worked. He did a great job. So, yeah, it was all set up for David to win the NWA title at the Parade of Champions, May 6, 1984. David, unfortunately, died. And Carey was um, to ne- was naturally chosen because of his popularity. Nothing against no knock on Kevin, but Carey mm-hmm. was... You know, and Carrie von Eric introduced me to Tom Sawyer. I had never heard that song before he came to the ring. And when Tom Sawyer would hit the ring, the place would go nuts. Girls, that's one thing that's missing from wrestling oh, yeah. today. There yeah. are no women at no. these cards. And the right watch oh and if you watch that documentary again, Derek, watch the women in the crowd go nuts. Mm-hmm. Just when Carrie takes off his robe. Or when they're yeah. walking to the ring down that old-ass sportatorium and the fans are clawing at, grabbing, trying to touch them. That's gone in wrestling today. But Gary yeah. had it. And your homework assignment for this week, watch okay. the, the Champions Texas Stadium. Just watch the Kerry-Rick Flair match. You don't have to watch, yeah. watch Kerry-Rick Flair. From the time he enters the ring, the crowd's going absolutely apeshit. And when Mm -hmm. he wins with the backslide, and I told the story as as to why that was the ending to the match, Um, and Kerry Von Erich became the NWA champion, uh, May 6, 1984. Big day in wrestling history. The Road Warriors lost, setting up their debut in the AWA, the Crusher and Baron Von Raschke, who were benefits of Baron Gagne's grade eight system. Crusher and Baron Von Raschke were two guys in their 50s, and they were still the top wow. guys in the AWA because of Vern Gagne's grade eight system. Yeah. Top four, never get beat. Bottom four, only get beat by the top four, you feed them everyone else. And to the point where Crusher and Baron Von were, they were the guys that the Road Warriors beat for the AWA tag team title. Go ahead, Dan.
1: I also just want to point out, as far as my personal opinion, and, and Craig, you can strike this down, uh, being the historian and the professor that you are, in my opinion, and this is based on going back and watching as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that Heroes of World Class DVD came out and then the subsequent WWE release, mm-hmm. uh, I watched as much as I could and then did more once the network started putting World Class. Uh, in my opinion, David mm-hmm. was the best fun, Eric. I'm yep. not. T- mm-hmm. I thinking better than uh, Fritz. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to compare because it's a different era of wrestling. But in my opinion, mm-hmm. David was the best. Mike and Chris are not on the list. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, David was the best. Kevin was second best. Okay. And Carrie was the third best. And uh, and Carrie, not... Uh, hi, Bad Ash. <laughs> I also want to point out hi. Um, Carrie and Kevin, not far... I just thought Kevin was a better wrestler. It's just my opinion. I know that Carrie went on and got the job in the WWE after... But I just always thought Kevin was just a step further than him. Well, Dan, Kevin was first. Kevin was the first Von Ayer. He was the oldest, wasn't he? Yeah.
2: Or was David? No, Kevin was the oldest. Kevin's okay. the oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then David. And then Carrie. So Kevin had all the ins and outs. Kevin was, you know, the, when they they'd take a, a guy that they like, a youngster, groom him, he had to go to st louis which was the capital of the nwa where the nwa head offices were and they bring you to st louis uh to wrestle in the keel and the checker dome see how you do in front of the nwa board of governors and directors and the president and if they believe in you they like you they give you the missouri state championship because the missouri state championship was your your crowning to let you that you could be on the verge of great things because more Missouri State champions have become world champions than any other belt in the history of the NWA. So, uh, Bob Backlund when well, he became more Missouri State champion, um, Ric Flair was Missouri State champion. All three Von Eric brothers were Missouri State champions, and Kevin won it first. And the guys that they beat: Bruiser, Dick Murdoch, um, Ken Patera, guys that have been around for a while. So. That was the litmus test for them. So yeah, Kevin was the best wrestler, no doubt, because he was the first one. Um, so yeah, and and Kerry, not taking anything away from his wrestling ability, but yeah, Kevin could wrestle can wrestle circles around Kerry. But Carrie had the look, had the charisma, had the great drop kick, and you know he had everything. Like he and again built for the eighties, the long hair, the 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 body. He looked he could he. Belonged on MTV. He looked like like and he was the MTV Generation World Champion. Uh, Again, nothing against Kevin, but so I'm not going to strike down your opinion because you're right. Kevin was a better wrestler than Kerry. (laughs) And and I've watched a lot of those old episodes.
0: Limitless to have the 24-7 channel, and they would show weekly episodes of that. And from what I've gathered, it seems like Kevin Kerry was more tailor made for Vince, right? Like he's Uh Vince. He would have fit perfectly with Vince, right?
2: Uh, Derek, uh if Hogan had said no, Kerry was as, as far as being the first WrestleMania and being the world champion, Kerry was on the short list. It would have been okay. it said it in the interview it would have been Dusty Rhodes. And if not Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes or Kerry Von Eric. Wow. Yeah. Would have been. That makes sense. That makes wow. Sense.
1: That's mind blowing to me. Knowing the the type happen, of yeah. Well, yeah, knowing what happened, but the promo style of Carrie Von Eric in the later days, Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. no disrespect intended. I am not talking trash on the man, and you know how sympathetic, empathetic I am towards uh, addiction. Yeah. My God, no. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been a bad idea. My And my that sucks first, to say because his ability is, I mean, everybody we just mentioned on that list is a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my my, just my first cool. house show I remember going to was, it was Rude and Perfect versus Kerry and Warrior. That was the main event at the Coliseum.
1: And, oh, you know, they, oh. do the,
0: they would do the regional, you know, we're coming to your town, blah, 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 blah. And they did eh. one with Warrior. They did one with Warrior and Kerry, and even Little Derek. I could carry was cutting the promo, and you could just tell. It's like, oh, this guy, like uh, me being a kid, I think, oh, he's very, very tired. <laughs> but now as an adult, it's like, oh man, he was in a bad, bad way. And even he in is on another
1: planet. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. In eighty, in eighty four, even if he was the guy instead of Hogan, I'm not sure Vince would have had to replace him eventually because his demons were getting to him. Even in eighty four, right? Like they were starting to. Ex, you know, expose themselves
1: H- I think we found the guy that Hogan cuts a better promo <laughs> and had it yeah. been,
2: and had it been Dusty Rhodes you would have had the best promos but oh. uh,
1: <laughs> I just yeah. thought of something Craig everybody makes fun of Lacey Von Eric being a terrible next generation wrestler but as far as promos they're pretty much in line with her father uh, yeah, Jesus, Christ, here you go again, dude. What? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not. All right, you're not. Listen, yeah. I, I'm just saying they spoke just as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as great as um, Dusty would have been instead of Hulk Hogan, uh, Hulk Hogan looks much better in 8 by ten promo than Dusty.
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: So it. It happened the way it happened because Hogan was the right guy at the right time to be that person to carry wrestling in 1984 to the height that it was. In 84, it was at a zenith, dwarfing whatever is going on right now. Uh, The Mm -hmm. only other thing that happened on this date, May 6th, uh, was 20 years ago. And we're going to leave it at that. We don't have to discuss it and go in depth because we've gone in depth about what what happened 20 years ago today. Uh, A lot of times there was even a whole feature of it. Our dog's out of the ring. But May sixth, twenty years ago, May sixth, two thousand two
1: was the flight. Hmm. Wow. Twenty years. Wow. You mean when uh Ric Flair uh, committed sexual assault and nobody gives a shit? That part?
2: Yeah, and when yeah,
1: uh, and, and when a bunch I, of other things.
2: Yeah, and when Fred heading <laughs> and and Brock Leather started fighting for
1: real and almost caused a the, the it, door come the off. Bottom of my heart, I believe that Kurt Hennig believes, and Der- uh, Derek Craig and I have mentioned this before, that Kurt could have taken him. And yeah. Kurt... I, yeah. I I would pay any amount of money to, to fund a time machine and antagonize those two, because I want to see that. Perhaps not on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, well, the on fact the that somewhere.
0: the statement... The fact that the statement goes they were wrestling and not Brock killed Kurt lets you know Kurt probably could have took Brock. That that's lets you I'm know it was, it was an event.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In, in none of the explanations does it say Brock was kicking his ass. You know? Yeah. So that tell that tells me all I, I need to know. And that's mm-hmm. not to disrespect Brock in that sense. I have other things I can say. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. That's all I need to hear.
2: That's it. Yep. And and Kurt, but Kurt Hanning has always had the reputation. He liked, for whatever reason, guys. He liked to test himself against other guys. He he always he had that. I won't say arrogant, but confidence in himself. It was a rush, was, man. There, I bet. Yeah, there, was, yeah. there was a story. He ran into Steven Seagal in an airport, and he went <laughs> to shake his hand, and he gave him a grip. He like tried to. And, like, to golf pulled his hand away. Either, I don't know, because he didn't want it, to test Kurt or he just, it hurt. But Kurt wow. was a guy. Those little vignettes that Kurt Henning did when he was Mr. Perfect, and that was him. Um, yeah. and he wanted to, he, he loved all those sports. Great bowler. Um, mm-hmm. But he loved to to do that type of thing. Um, or test himself against like, If he thought he could take he'd tell you. You yeah. know, I, I don't think you're shit. And especially with, with Brock, because they wrestled in the same division in, in college in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when it, it all came about, because Brock said, what well, he said, um, I think Brock's time was like a minute and t- 10, and Kurt's time, his fastest pin was a minute 13. He said, Well, I got to win that tournament. I, I would have <laughs> kicked, kicked your ass. And Brock said, I don't think so. And then, then we're off. But um, yeah, yeah it, he took it personally. But yeah, Kurt Henning was a guy that liked to test himself against uh, other men for whatever reason and uh, yeah. Yeah, i remember yeah i remember when when kurt henning died they had this show called
0: uh WWE confidential uh-huh. and they were talking they were talking to wrestlers about him and his passing and they interviewed brock and it was probably one of the few times at that time i had seen brock show any type of emotion and they asked him about hurting and he starts crying he's like you know i missed him he means so much to me Blah blah blah. Looked up to him, so yeah, Kurt Angle, man. He, I mean, Kurt Angle, Kurt Henning, He was a uh, he was a bad mofo, and TV doesn't do him justice for how big he like. He'd come here for the house shows, and yeah. he'd walk down the aisle, and he was a big guy with like big hands. So yeah. yeah, TV did not do him justice.
2: Mm-mm. No, you, you you think he wasn't really on the on the level of uh, guy bigger guys like like Hogan or um or Warrior, but. And the, the guy could go when we talk mm-hmm. about and this is a time for another podcast. Uh, talk about guys who should have been world champion or at least got a run with the WWE title. I know you mentioned Scott Hall, but I always put Kurt Henning and Ted DiBiase. Yes, a that's a one infinitely better than there. it is. There it is. Uh, infinitely better than Hogan in the ring and could have been a, a, a successful heel world champion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Still have it. You see that Dan It looks good. Uh but I forgot, yeah, back- I forgot when this came out. But the work shoot st- style of this that always makes me laugh. It's a it's a good DVD. But I'm sure I have to watch that tonight now.
2: Yeah. Uh, and so twenty years ago, the flight of uh, thirty eight years ago, uh, Texas Stadium show back when wrestling was wrestling, and that. Gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C R A I G L I G G E O N S. And if you go to YouTube, you can check out the brand new Comic Book Gurus podcast. Like and subscribe. First episode came out fraught with edits, but uh, we'll make it better for you next time.
1: Making Steve do edits. Yes, we're cutting this one. I say short. We're cutting this one short this week. Next week, we're going to do Wrestling Historian Plus and our number one best heel turn, all three of us. Mm-hmm. You will be there, Derek.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> now no, I have to
0: think about what's number one to me. You're, you're, our you're number, more. our you're favorite, what we think five. is the
1: best heel turn ever. Okay. okay. We can do right. top five. All right, we'll do top five. Top yeah, five. To so we'll that. have Wrestling Historian Plus and mm-hmm. top five. Of our favorite heel turns, ever doesn't mean we had to be alive for it. If we see, if we know something, like if we if we think carry uh, Rick Flair, carry Von Eric, that moment with the with the uh, with the Freebirds, that's fine. Anything's on the table. Any error, any any timeline. Got it. Eric is not on Twitter because he's smarter than both of us. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, all social media platforms. Dan Law eighty three. Go to your podcast app on your phone. Type in. H I C Talk Radio Network, look for the green and purple logo and subscribe. Follow. Whatever you gotta do. Please do that. For Craig Legons and Derek the returning Derek McDonald. The soon to be Danny number two. Derek McDonald. <laughs> it,
0: that's gonna be and, this baby's and
2: name. The I son's name's
1: gonna bad. be Dan. Uh, it is. Oh.
2: I just know. Yeah. And just- uh I just love when they call you big papa.
1: I just and and you're welcome. You're welcome, Mrs. McDonald. Thank you. I am the uh other guy. We'll see you next week everybody. Good night. Uh